Shaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer. This is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. This is episode four in our season number two. And if you remember, as we've said already, our theme this season is peace. How to cultivate peace, how to deal with peace, how to find peace. Probably something that's important to most women. Certainly something that has been important to me. So today's topic and title of this episode is called Address the Stress Mess. Now, I know um, you probably have experienced messes in your life um, that bring a lot of stress. I remember one particular mess that sticks out to me even today. I had just delivered my fourth child. I had some pretty busy days right there, okay? Like, I came home, my oldest child was seven. I was homeschooling, um, and uh, my husband was working um, a actually two jobs at the time. He was a a public school teacher and he was also working on our family business. So I was really, really busy. And one of the blessings of having babies at my church is that many women bring you a meal and they are so good. Like I can think back to all the meals and if you ever brought me a meal for any time, anyone who's listening, I just want to publicly say thank you because those are like a life saver when you have a brand new baby. And on a side note, if you are a woman who can do that, can take a meal to someone, it doesn't have to be fancy. It is such a blessing to take a meal to someone and for that woman to receive it. So I had gotten this amazing meal after my fourth child was born, and I remember all of it. It was really, really good. I, I distinctly remember the lovely lady who brought it, but I also remember what she brought me for dessert, which was something that was so exciting for my kids. It was an ice cream sundae bar, and it was probably relatively easy to put together. Um, it was just ice cream and all the time toppings you can imagine, you know, cherries and whipped cream and um, Hershey's syrup and sprinkles and um, all the things you can imagine that you would put on an ice cream sundae, caramel sauce. Anyway, and so we ate our meal and it was time for the dessert. And my kids said, mom, we'll get it ready. We'll get it ready. You just sit down with, with the new baby. So I, I sat in my traditional favorite rocker in the living room and um, I remembered as I sat there that those sprinkles um, had a lid and inside the lid was a seal. And I rem- they're brand new, so I knew that the seal hadn't been broken, which is good. So I called in from my chair, hey, hey guys, don't forget when you open up those sprinkles, be really careful because that seal has to come off. And if you pull that seal and you don't hold the bottle, then they're going to go all over. So just be careful. And no sooner had those words come out of my mouth that those sprinkles went everywhere. I am not even teasing you. They went all over my floor and I stood up and walked in there and I'm not teasing you. It looked like my floor was speckled. I mean, it was crazy. It was like some special specialty flooring right then. Now my kids, their eyes were about as big as dinner plates because I had just told them to be careful and they were seven and five and three. And so, okay, We picked up a lot of sprinkles that day. There was still some in the jar. We still ate ice cream sundaes. We still laugh about this to this day, but it definitely was a mess. Now today, Wendy Folk is gonna share with us from a talk she gave at the 2016 Mom to Mom ministry in April of that year. And this is an interesting uh, talk because she doesn't really talk about 
how to get rid of stresses out of our lives, out of our lives, she talks about how we can deal with it and how we can address it and kind of where stresses come from. So maybe you today don't have sprinkles all over your floor, but maybe you have a lot of other stress that's causing a great mess in your life, in your head, in your brain, in your heart. Well, join me as we listen to Wendy Folk share with us what to do with these types of stresses and how we can address the stress mess. For those of you who um, have been at mom to mom this whole year, we have gone through the rooms of a house, and we've talked about different issues related to those rooms. I'm just going to do a quick recap since it's April, almost the end of the year. We started off the year in the foyer, and we talked about celebrating... <clears throat> celebrating uh, things that, you know, big events in our families or small things, and celebrating people who come into our homes as well. And then we went into the living room, and in the living room, we, we met a bunch of characters. And these characters all have different personalities, and they live in our homes, and we have to get along and understand these different personalities. Next, we talked about the importance of people uh, pouring into our lives, mentoring us, and then us doing the same. And of course, we like doing that over a cup of coffee. And then we went into the dining room where we learned about the importance of teaching our children etiquette and proper manners and how that glorifies God. And of course, that's also important for us as adults. And then you can kind of see it, sorry, but we, we went into the library. And we talked about making plans, both for the here and now, as well as for the future, obviously for eternity as well. <clears throat> then Kylie took us into the bedroom, and she challenged us to love our husbands and, um, and, to, and how that relationship with our husbands uh, positively affects our parenting and our families in general. Now, in my house, I just have a family room or a living room, so um, we're just going to pretend like this is a different room, and you've never seen that one before. So in the family room, we um, got to hear from four different women who were all at different ages and stages of this parenting spectrum, and they dispensed some very practical and excellent wisdom. And then there's today, the mud room. Now, I don't know if you noticed those crisp vacuum lines that were in my family room slash living room, Julie Morgan, did you notice that? Um, but as you can see, there's no crisp lines in this mud room, all right? This laundry room of mine is usually a mess, and I just kind of like to uh, shut the door, all right? So today we're going to go into the mud room and um, think about the house, your houses and think about the mud room of your house. But we're going to go even further. We're going to address the mess, not just there, but we're going to address the mess in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. And when I say mess, I want to clarify before we begin all of this. Messes can be outright sins that we're struggling with. Or messes can be um, maybe a trial that has been placed in our lives, okay? No sin of ours, it's just a trial that we're dealing with. Now, sometimes though, other people make choices, sometimes they're bad choices or sinful choices, and it affects us. And sometimes um, it's something that's not sinful at all. Perhaps it's a death, and we are affected by that. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to address those struggles, and, um, but you know, we can't address any mess unless we first see it, 
right? Have you, do you guys have those places in your house where, um, you know, like maybe it's the shoe pile that's cluttering up, or maybe it's all those school papers that just kind of, um, you know, accumulates on the countertop, and it's a mess that just kind of becomes part of the landscape. It, you, you just get really familiar with it, you're used to seeing it, right? Well, I don't want us to be like that with our messes in our lives. And um, so I'm going to go to a psalm. It's Psalm 139. King David wrote this song. King David knew that God was his maker, that God created him in the, in the most um, darkest place, his mother's womb. And God created him marvelously there. Okay, and so King David is going to God, and he knows that he is known by his maker, as are we. So he also understands that he doesn't know everything about himself, but rather God knows more than he even knows about himself. And so King David says this to God at the end of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Well, we need to do this. We need to go before the Lord, and we need to say, is there something in my life that I'm missing? Do I have any messes that I'm overlooking that have just kind of become part of the familiar landscape? So begin there, ladies. God is going to know you better than you could ever know yourself, whether it's a sin or whether it's your response to a trial that's in your life. Now, some of us, though, might see the struggle, might see the sin, and we kind of like it. Now, I have spoken of this before. Maybe you've heard me say it before, maybe you've not. But I have a love-hate, hate, hate, hate relationship with exercise. And um, so I, I like to not do it. But recently, I've tried to be more diligent, thanks to the um, likes of Shay, who is where? There she is. Um, <laughs> so she's to blame. And um, so lately, I've been exercising a little bit more. And I sweat a lot. I'm just gross. And so you know, I'm sitting there sweating. And I'm like, gosh, I can't wait to get into the shower after this. But something happens. And you know, I get distracted. And it's a couple hours later. And I've not gotten into the shower yet. And I'm reminded of that because I start to just stink, right? But here's the thing. Like, I kind of like that stink. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I alone? Okay, good. Cheryl's like, yeah, Tiffany likes the stink. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I worked hard and I got the stink going on, you know? And so, <laughs> so this is not where we want to be with our struggles and with our sins. We don't want to be seeing them and liking the stink. Ladies, if we are believers in Jesus Christ, this is not even an option. So we have to get to a point where we see the struggle and we want to do something about it, all right? That means that we no longer want to just fake it. And, you know, when somebody comes up to you, how are you doing? Fine. I'm doing fine. You know, you, you really aren't doing fine. But you put on that smile and you act like everything is all right. We're, never go we're not going to embrace it anymore or we're not going to fake it anymore. So the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to clean it. <clears throat> but we can't, as we begin addressing the mess, we need to look at the cleaning process. And if there's anybody here today that feels like your life is sort of in turmoil, you know, your, your heart isn't right, 
and you know it's not right before the Lord, then I want to encourage you today. Today is the day of salvation. If you're feeling like the Holy Spirit, and you may not even understand that it's the Holy Spirit, but if you're feeling like you need to make things right with the Lord, then I encourage you to come to me or to any of the mom-to-mom leaders and talk with us because we can't address the messes in our lives until we are first right with the Lord. So um, along with that, I encourage you to be open and honest, not just with the Lord, but also with some trusted friends. Proverbs 12, 25 through 26 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So we have a mudroom door in our heart, and we need to open it up to other people. We need to be open and honest with them. They can help you see what's going on with more objective eyes. Are any of you here struggling with grief? Are you stuck in resentment or bitterness toward another person? Do any of you worry and not trust the Lord that he's going to take care of your every need? Maybe laziness is your problem. Or are any of you secretly sinning and the burden of that secret sin is just more than you can bear? Well, I encourage you to be open and honest with another person because she can help you get to the root of whatever problem you are dealing with. And most of all, she can point you to the one who can handle those problems and who can deal with those problems, and that's Jesus Christ, who will deal us, or who will, who will cleanse us from all of our messes, all of our unrighteousness. But we need to be mindful where we are getting help. You don't want to go up to a woman who's just going to be like, oh, everything's okay. You just keep right on going, you know, in your, in your mess. All right? We need to choose our friends carefully. And um, we need to make sure that she is going to point you to Jesus and not let you just wallow in that sin or wallow too long in whatever struggle you're, you're faced with. Preferably, she would be someone who's probably older than you, has more experience, and is a woman of godly wisdom and not worldly wisdom. But as we're being open and honest, ladies, I want us to be mindful. Don't just put on that smile. Don't just fake it and act like everything's okay. As Christian women, we can't do that. That will leave us wide open to attacks from the enemy, the devil. He is he's prowling around this earth looking for those whom he may devour. And if you are faking it and acting like everything's okay and you don't need anybody to speak truth into your life, you are leading, leaving yourself wide open to his attacks. Now on the other end of the spectrum, we've got people who don't want to share what they're going through And we've got people who want to share it to the whole world, what they're going through, right? And they broadcast it to whoever. And what happens there is that you end up gossiping because you're just telling the problems to people who aren't part of the problem, and they're not part of the solution. And this kind of undiscerning sharing really comes from uh, just a desire that is self-seeking. All right, we want, to, we want to have attention, we want to be center stage, and so we broadcast it to the masses. And frankly speaking, ladies, I see this all the time on Facebook, and I am not 
I'm not even saying that I'm exempt from this. So may we all repent from this kind of selfish behavior. And may we seek help from women who are godly and who will use the word of God to give us godly wisdom and point us to Jesus so that we can cleanse ourselves, so that he can cleanse us, I'm sorry, from the mess in our lives. I want you to just look around this room for a second. Look at every woman in, well, you know, look around at the women in this room. Just turn around, look around, move your necks, <laughs> make some eye contact. All right, we've got people from all different stages of life, different ages. Did you know that every single woman in this room has struggles? Do you believe that? Every single woman may not be going through an intense struggle right this very moment, but she's going through some kind of struggle. She's at least dealing with it. So every woman has dealt with something. Don't let it intimidate you. If you see a woman who might be older, seems to have her act together, I don't want to go tell her what I'm dealing with. She won't understand. She will. She will. And, and, and chances are that she will be able to share with you how God has worked in her life in those struggles and she can walk alongside you as you trust God to faithfully work in your life, in your struggles. Now, before I wrap up this point of being open and honest, I don't want to overlook the possibility of not just going to trusted godly women, but also going to your husband. If your husband is a believer, then he will be able to speak um, words that are that are helpful, that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, and he will be able to do that into your situation. Now, some of you may feel like that, that won't work for you. Um, and I, I know that I personally felt like my husband wouldn't understand what I was going through. Or, because, you know, he thinks differently than I do. Or I was afraid that I would just burden him with whatever kind of struggle I was dealing with. And worst of all, I honestly believe from time to time that my husband will reject me if I basically share my neuroses with him. So I, um, I oftentimes just don't. But I want to share a time with you. I, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky person, all right? Yes, I can be, you know, but um, I'm pretty happy. I wouldn't characterize myself as being depressed. But I have found that there have been certain points in my life when I have definitely faced depression or despair. And there was one time when um, I, I just kind of felt like, you know, sometimes there's, there's, there are events that happen that make sense if you're kind of depressed. But about seven years ago or so, I felt like a dark cloud just kind of parked right over my head, you know, and there was really no reason for my, my despair or my feeling down or my depression. And so I just kind of plugged along through it. But, you know, I would go to Bible study, and I wouldn't feel it. I would give all the right answers, but I just didn't really believe them. Or I would speak to another woman and encourage her with all the right things. Again, I just didn't believe it for myself. And so I was really feeling the burden of hypocrisy. And um, so I, I just kept kind of stuffing it down, stuffing it down. A couple times, I knew I was being prompted to share it with Dave, and I just didn't. I had all sorts of reasons why I shouldn't. But um, one night, it just got completely, like, I was at the end of my rope. And so I was sitting in bed, and I finally just shared with Dave how I was feeling. And he just looked at me and just simply spoke truth into my lies. And he just penetrated my darkness with light. And I was so, I was so changed by that. And that was really all that I needed at that time. 
that may be the case for you. I just don't want you to overlook the possibility that your husbands are a perfect place to go to, um, and he may be able to speak truth into your situation. So after you find someone, or multiple people, but remember, part of the, part of the problem, part of the solution, um, to be open and honest with, I want you to begin tackling the clutter of your heart in the same way that you would tackle the clutter in your homes. All right, so how many women have started spring cleaning? Okay, <laughs> how many of you are not gonna do spring cleaning at all? All right, now for those of you that spring clean, how many of you do it all in one day? Like you're a binge marathon cleaner. How many of you are like that? Allie, all right. And everybody else just kind of does it a little bit at a time, you're a binger? Okay, all right, now I'm gonna say even for the bingers, you're gonna do one thing at a time, right? Otherwise it's like, whoa, hoarders episode, right? Like, can't do that. So you're gonna do it one room at a time or one thing at a time. Same thing with the struggles that we face in our lives. Go before the Lord and ask him, where do I begin? He will give you answers. And you can go to um, trusted friends, and you can ask them to confirm that direction, right? Wisdom says that there's um, safety in the multitude of counselors. So go before the Lord and go to some trusted friends and just say, you know, I know that I've got to deal with this mess in my life. Help me. Guide me. See, when I find out that I've got some certain sins that, I'm, that, I, that have been revealed to me, I don't know if you're like me or not, but all of a sudden I see that sin, just like King David said, search my heart, you know, tell me where. Well, when God tells me what that is, I'm like, oh, whoa, I, uh-uh, no more of this. I want it gone now, right? And I don't want to wait. I don't want to go through the process. I want it gone now. And so sometimes we, like, let's say you have an anger issue and it's, it's become very clear to you and you're just like, whoa, gone now. But it can be helpful to have a friend come into your life and say, okay, listen, let's just take this day by day. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to cheer you along the way. And, and while, you know, when your husband comes home and you might be quick to criticize him, Instead, say a word of encouragement. Instead, ask him how his day went. You know, so that friend can just kind of speak that practical wisdom into your life. You've, you've got ingrained habits that are hard to break. It's good to have somebody with an objective point to come in and do that. Or let's say you've told your children that they need to pick up their, their clothes and they need to close the doors, they need to turn off the lights. You've, you've instructed them so many times and you're getting angry because they aren't doing it. But that friend can encourage you and remember that you are there to instruct them helpfully and kindly. And those are things that are helpful when you go to other friends, doing one step at a time. We're not going to fix it all immediately. And so um, seek someone out who can, who can speak that kind of practical wisdom into your life. So ladies, be open and honest as you're cleaning this mess. And remember, when I say you're cleaning this mess, we're only doing it through the power of the Lord, okay? It's only through his Holy Spirit that we're able to do anything. So be open and honest, and then tackle the mess one um, one step at a time. And then I want to encourage you that when you want to give up, to press on in obedience. Every single day is a new day. Press on in obedience. 
Some of you may know about Elizabeth Elliot. She was a speaker and a, an author who was a spiritual mother to many in this world, and I think probably quite a few here in this room even. I know for me, um, I have learned so much from her writings, but she has known her share, she had known her share of suffering. She passed away recently. Um, and she was widowed at a very young age. Uh, her daughter was only 10 months old when her husband, who was a missionary, was killed by the very people he was um, witnessing to. And one quote that she has, had often said in her writings um, was, do the next thing. Sometimes it can feel so overwhelming that we don't know what to do. But seek the Lord, seek godly wisdom, press on and do the next thing. Well, I want to tell you, I, I was wondered, like, you know, where did where'd she come up with that? That's really wise. And I want to share with you, uh, I don't think you're probably going to be able to read this real well, but if you want to come up later, um, you can find the words um, to this poem. I'm just going to um, share them with you right now. This comes from a poem that's, I guess, a long time ago it was written, and I um, was really um, helped by the words. From an old English parsonage down by the sea, there came in the twilight a message to me. Its quaint Saxon legend, deeply engraven, hath, as it seems to me, teaching from heaven. And on through the hours the quiet words ring like a low inspiration. Do the next thing. Many a question, many a fear, many a doubt hath its quieting here. Moment by moment, let down from heaven, Time, opportunity, guidance are given. Fear not tomorrow's child of the king. Trust them with Jesus. Do the next thing. Do it immediately. Do it with prayer. Do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing his hand, who placed it before thee with earnest command. Stayed on omnipotence, safe neath his wing. Leave all resultings. Do the next thing. Looking to Jesus, ever serener, working or suffering, be thy demeanor. In his dear presence, the rest of his calm, the light of his countenance, be thy psalm. Strong in his faithfulness, praise and sing, then as he beckons thee, do the next thing. I know it feels good to deep clean your house. So ladies, those of you who aren't spring cleaning, it feels good, all right? And it looks good afterwards too. Um, but can you, but I, I personally am glad that we only have to like kind of do that deep cleaning stuff like once a year or so. Um, it's a lot of hard work. Can you imagine if we did not clean out our hearts more than one time, or if we only cleaned out our hearts one time a year, it would start to stack up, right? All of those messes in our lives would start to stack up like this laundry pile. And pretty soon, we can begin to feel like we're drowning. And in another psalm, Psalm 42, I'm going to read to you what the psalmist said as he felt like the problems in his life were overtaking him. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? 
As with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. This psalmist knew God, and he knew that he could be completely open and honest with him. He was being overtaken by whatever struggles he was going through, so much so that he felt like the waves were just crashing over him and that he was drowning in them. I know that some of us have felt that way before. But in the midst of that, he reminded himself of God's truths and God's promises, didn't he? And because of that, because of that hope in God, he could say, I hope in you today and I will praise you in the future. So um, as, I, as I share with you this morning, I, I kind of laugh because again, I don't, I don't um, label myself as a depressed person, but I realize that I have really dealt with some specific times in my life that I have been a real mess. And so now I know why they asked me to speak this month. Um, but uh, in October, we enjoyed our women's conference regarding him. But I knew something was going on in my heart, even leading up to the conference, because I started to feel like my joy was leaving me. And my emotions were just kind of feeling flat, and, and I just wasn't quite sure what was causing it. So we had regarding him, and it was exciting, and I loved it. And then the week after, I was just kind of down in the dumps. And I'd even prayed about this very thing. You know, when you're like kind of on a mountaintop experience, and you go down in the valley right away afterwards, I knew that this could happen. So I prayed that that wouldn't happen. But it was happening. And it was more than just woo, that was really fun, and now it's the post regarding him blues. It wasn't that. It was, it was just a darkness. It was a despair. And it kept going day after day after day. I would come to church, and, um, and I would have no desire. I'm so sorry to say this. I would have no desire to even talk with the women, let alone minister to them. I just didn't have it in me. And, and I would just sit at home fretting that, how am I supposed to do this women's ministry thing when I don't even feel like talking to people? I would drop my children off for, for their um, homeschool supplement, and I would see some of the moms, and I would just kind of, you know, quickly rush off to my office. And I knew enough of what was going on, considering that it had happened a couple times before in my life, that I dug into the Psalms, and I just kept reading them and reading them, and crying out to the Lord to take away my despair. Well, I, I thought maybe I just needed a change of scenery. You know, I needed a break. So Dave took me away for the weekend, and we had a great time, but I didn't come back really changed. Kept digging into the Psalms, digging into the Psalms. A couple weeks later, I'm still going through this, still feeling this, and I remember distinctly driving um, toward the railroad tracks by my house, and going over the railroad tracks, and this is the part where you're like, woo, she is a mess, she is weird. Um, but what happened next is I felt like depression was personified, and she was wooing me. She said, come to me, I will give you rest. I will strengthen you. I will comfort you. And I'm telling you, ladies, I wanted to go to her. All right, I wanted to just nestle up with depression and be comforted. 
But at the same time, I had been in the Psalms, and I knew that God says that I am your refuge, and I am your strength, and the righteous run to me like a, I am your strong tower. And I'm like, okay, somebody's lying here, and I know it's not God. And so in my car, as I go over my railroad, the railroad tracks, I said, depression, I'm not going to believe you. And at that point, I um, didn't really feel much of a difference, but I spoke truth into my situation. So several days went by, and um, I remember I was sitting there in my kitchen, standing there in my kitchen, listening to some worship music as I'm making dinner. My kids are sitting up at the island um, as I'm making dinner, and I was facing the stove with my back to them, and all of a sudden, I truly felt a cloud lift off of me. The burden was gone, and my joy had returned. And I turned around to my kids, and I smiled at them, and I felt it. Like, I, my emotions had come back to me. And I realized that as I had spoken truth into my situation, and as I pressed on into the Lord, that he had answered my prayer, and he had taken away my despair. Our Heavenly Father is perfect. He is loving and caring and trustworthy. And if you are a child of God, if you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no matter what situation you're going through, he will work together all things for good to those who love him. And you know that you're going to be able to praise him now and praise him in the future because you have hope in God. And hope does not disappoint. In Romans 5, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So through the Holy Spirit, as you work in um, that long-term maintenance of cultivating a soft and clean heart, you can know that you will grow in perseverance and character and hope, hope in God. But if we close off the doors of our heart, the mudroom doors of our hearts, and we pretend like we've got it all together, then it's not going to do us any good now, and it's not going to do us any good in the future. So I want to talk about persevering and having hope in any difficult time that you're going through. And I want to talk about three specific ways to do that. The first is to get in the Word and to get into it daily. Now I know you're all like, hmm, that's really... That's really unique and original, Wendy. I don't want to be trite here, but I want to tell you that if our time in the Word suffers, we suffer. All right? It is a common denominator for myself and for others in my life that I talk with. Women who are struggling may find that it's mostly because they're not in the Word. So get in the Word, ladies. And I, I want to encourage you with some things. Get up early. Yes, I just said that, <laughs> but I'm also saying it to myself. Get up early and trust that God is going to give you the energy that you need to get through your day if you get up early. 
all right? And I want you to spend some time in the word and just going before the Lord and thanking him and just laying out your needs before him. Okay, practically speaking, ladies, if you have children that can tell time, I want you to tell them that mom is going to have some alone time with God every morning from this point forward. I need this in order to be a better mom and daughter of Jesus and husband to your daddy, okay? And I want you to tell them that at a certain time, they have to stay in the room until that time while you are having your time with Jesus. If they can't tell time, then you tell them that they stay in their room until mama's door opens up. Okay, because then your time with the Lord is, you know, you've had your time with the Lord and now you can go have your time with them. And if you have babies, then you have to be creative. Obviously, taking time when they're resting, but trust that the Lord is going to provide that time for you. He will. It's very helpful that when you get into the Word, that you have some specific scriptures that you're focusing on that have to do with whatever maybe sin you're battling or whatever struggle might be in your life. And for those particular um, things, I want you to think about ways that, that you can keep that ever before you. Write those scriptures down. Hang them up. Dwell on them. Sing them. Memorize them. Let them soak into your soul. You know, I have had years of battling a quick temper, and I have seen God at work. Um, one of the things that I have done is, is have that scripture before me, in my mind, so that when I'm about to explode, I can remember that scripture. Or what can often be the case is when I do explode, I can come back later and say, quickly, and say, please forgive me. I sinned in this way. But you know, there are scriptures like, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That goes through my head. Um, or a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Dwelling on God's truths changes you over time. Do you believe that? Dwelling on God's truths changes you over time. So the second thing I want to encourage you to do is pray and ask for prayer. And it's basically the same principles with getting in the word, right? Get up, do it, and don't stop doing it. All right, then the third thing I'm going to encourage you to do is just to be aware of those triggers that can kind of stir up the sins or stir up our responses to, um, you know, different struggles that we're going through. So, for instance, are you struggling with, with bitterness, you know, toward a family member or resentment? Well, then I want to encourage you that before you go to that family event or before they come over to your house, to pray for that person. Go before the Lord, humble yourself, and pray for them. And then ask God how you can practically love that person and serve them while you're with them. Okay, another trigger, an anniversary date perhaps of a loved one's death, okay? Spend some time with those people in your life who you trust, who can grieve with you, who can go through the photo books, who can listen to the stories, right? And then can help you fix your eyes on Jesus through that so that you don't spend too much time, you know, in that grieving time. That it, obviously, there's an, there's an appropriate amount of time of grieving. I'm talking about that extendo period that has gone into um, too long. 
What about Facebook, ladies? Does Facebook trigger any kind of sin or struggle for you? Does it, does it stir up any rage in you? Maybe some jealousy? What about the headlines that scroll up and down or the stories that come my way that produce fear, right? Okay, just get off of it. Right? Simple. Okay, for me, I'm not saying that you need to stay off of it forever and, and always. For me, um, there's a particular time uh, that Facebook can be a real stumbling block, and that's Valentine's Day. You know, these wives, that get all these smushy, smushy love letters that they plaster on their, you know, Facebook, and I'm sitting there reading it, and, and then the flowers that come, you know, I'm just like, you know what, I am not going to be on Facebook that day, because that's not how my husband shows me love. Sarah French and I have um, engineering-type husbands, and they show their love by fixing our dishwashers, right, Sarah? Yeah. Post my dishwasher next Valentine's Day. So... Look and know your triggers, ladies, and act accordingly. Now, I have a plan for you guys I think will help every single woman in this room, okay? Um, I think that we all need a midday recharge, okay? Let me explain to you. If you have little ones, you're exhausted, right? So nap during their nap times or rest during their rest times. Oh, don't poo-poo this. I got it. Let me, let me keep going, okay? So all of us can benefit from going before the Lord midday, right? I just said get up early and go before the Lord. But do you know that Daniel in the Bible prayed to the Lord three times a day? He didn't just say, okay, morning's done, check. He went before the Lord three times a day. And King David said, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and God will hear my voice. We need God all day long, not just in the morning. So I encourage you to put the kids in their rooms and maybe they're not going to sleep. Maybe they're just going to read or play, but develop the discipline, develop the habit and you go over into your room and have some quiet time with yourself. Recharge before the Lord. That means putting the phone down. That means not being on the computer. That means not doing housework during that time. Ladies, that may just be five minutes for some of you. But recharge before the Lord. I think that so often we fall into some serious emotional crises because we are over-exhausted. Right? We're moms. We're overtired. And so at the end of your time when you're recharging, just like your kids when they wake up from a nap, man, they are raring to go. It's time to play. You will be raring to go. You will have more energy. You will have more emotional and physical and spiritual strength if you can just recharge. Now, I hope that I have given you some things that you can begin implementing even today. Um, and I hope that some of the things you will remember and be able to implement in the long run. But I do want to talk to some women today who have been through hurts that are so, um, that are so deep that um, sometimes advice just sort of falls flat. And um, something more is needed. It's a, it's a, it's a burn. My dad is a retired chemist, 
he likes to conduct science experiments on, um, well, anywhere, really. And uh, my mom had gotten a new countertop, and he decided that he was going to mix together some something. And in the process, it caught on fire, and it made this great big burn mark in my mom's new countertop. Well, she couldn't scrub it enough or fix it in any way, and so she had to basically just cover it up with a trivet. But I want to talk to you ladies about those of you here today that are dealing with such hurts that it's like a burn. And you know, just in this small room of women, there are those of us who have dealt with hurts like losing children and losing parents, losing dear sisters. We have faced life-threatening diagnoses just in this room. And so I want to talk to those particular hurts. Because if you haven't faced that, perhaps we will. We will. So there may come a time when you need to talk with someone who is, who is going to be able to invest in you in such a way that you um, are seeing them on a long-term kind of basis. And they can speak the truth of God's word into your situation, and they can help you through that. They can encourage you, and they can walk the long haul with you. I know that I have um, experienced this myself, where someone else had to come in and speak that kind of truth to me, and it was someone I didn't even know. It was a counselor. And so I want to just encourage any of you women here today who may have that kind of a heart burn. I will understand. Come to me. And if I can't do something with you, like on a long-term basis, I know other women who can, or I know other people who I could refer you to. But I don't want you to leave here today holding on to that kind of a burn and not dealing with it. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Thank you. So, how about you? Do you have some stress mess that you need to clean up today? I really love the very simple three things that Wendy suggested. Okay, let's review, because review is good. Number one, be open and honest about what's going on in your heart. Maybe today is the day that you share some of your stress mess with another trusted godly woman. Wendy's second point was to tackle the clutter that's going on in our heart one at a time. I know this is really important when I have a big job to do, like I could write on my to-do list, clean my house, but it's so much better if I split it up into individual little things. It feels good to cross off a little thing. So start with one thing. And Wendy's final point, press on in obedience. Now that does require some effort because it's just like working out. You gotta keep doing it. You gotta keep pressing on. So I encourage you to do that. Let me pray for us today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this talk today. I thank you that this talk was given four or five years ago, but it's still applicable today. I pray that you would help us, Lord, in our lives, myself and all the listeners, 
to glorify you in the midst of our stresses, that we would seek you in stressful moments and difficult moments, as well as easy and peaceful moments, Lord, that we would always be seeking you. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.